Yes, that's right. We're recording. I just start talking sometimes, and I realize it's already going to lead into a movement and sharing with spirit. So, but that's what a lot of that is. It's just that in silence is there, so we can begin to become more conscious, because that's a lot of what we're doing is just really unconsciously doing life. And so when we begin the spiritual journey, well, yeah, most of the time, or in the beginning at the very least, we focus more about meditation and waking up through meditation, thinking, okay, spirit's all about this inner experience, out of body and all that, nothing to do with the world. That's often how it starts, maybe, not for everybody. But then eventually you realize, oh, okay, it's about life itself. And this is just a way to go into life itself, to become more conscious of everything whatever it is, whether it's in spirit where we've been unconscious and we wake up spiritually, or whether it's just becoming more conscious spiritually in the mind, emotions, imagination, and body. It's all about waking up on every level, inner, outer. It's really all inside. But here we call it inner, outer. doesn't matter. It's just all states of awareness or unconsciousness for that matter. But it takes a conscious effort to begin to become conscious. But meditation is a conscious effort to become conscious. And so through the day, we can begin to, in a sense, I like to say, extend the meditation so that we can continue waking up and becoming more conscious of the movement of our own divinity all the time. Not just in the moments of meditation, but all the time through the whole day. And that's the practice where in retreat, it's really nice because we tend to have more of that conscious focus here, but it'd even be nicer to take that into your normal day-to-day life outside of retreat as well, where it's more challenging, or shall we say, more opportunities. <laughs> it really is. But again, there's, there's the process. There's life itself. So what we do in here is just to support, really, us doing life. And if you understand that, then the retreats can serve you in greater ways because in the beginning for me, retreats were a way to escape life. People have asked me, well, you just meditating, aren't you avoiding life? Well, in the beginning, I was trying to. Unfortunately, I didn't work. I couldn't avoid life. Then I found, oh, meditation at least gave me a break from life and it helped me to deal with life and gave me the tools, more than the tools, because really the action meditation is where it's... In a sense, you could call it a tool, but really it's an action that opens the door and then the grace can handle the rest. So really, it's not even a tool. It's just an action. And all we're learning to do is really move ourselves into that flow of grace, which is consciousness, rather than living in a state of unconsciousness, which you could call karma. Conscious, unconscious. Unconscious karma, conscious grace. You can play around with the stuff all you want, but eventually you start to realize that movement of loving and what it really is and all that goes with it. You know, and another aspect of that movement of grace, there's always plenty of opportunities for forgiveness. Like I say, forgiveness is magic medicine that cures all ailments. I like to say the ultimate cure is death. That's just a pretty sick joke, but it only cures everything if you've really completed all your karmas. Otherwise, you could call reincarnation a cure. So, depends on how you look at it. 
But yesterday I was talking about we're all victims, right? Well, doesn't that almost sound like you're all sinners? You're born of original sin. Give my hellfire and brimstone talk or whatever that. You're damned to hell. Well, guess what? Here's the thing to realize, and that I hope was clear yesterday, but I want to continue now and expanding on that today. When I brought up the whole thing of we're all victims, well, in a sense we are because we've given our power away, and that's why we find ourselves in a state of unconsciousness or feeling trapped. But if you realize, if you remember my sharing, the way to set yourself free is simply to acknowledge and accept, to take responsibility and ownership and in doing that, you begin to set yourself free so you no longer are the victim. And this is how we return back to that state of original innocence. In truth, we're all innocent. But when we took a bite of that apple in the Garden of Eden and the Tree of Knowledge, is when we, in our choice, victimize ourselves. If you want to look at it that way. But you see, there's really no sin or victimization. It's just in the world of polarity, since it is a tree of good and evil. So we'll speak about it as good and evil. So evil we could equate with being the victim, and good maybe equate with being empowered or independent, free. doesn't matter how you want to define it or look at it. Again, it's just all semantics. But if those semantics really help bring understanding and awareness of how you can work with that, to me, that's what's important. And that's always one of my big things is that communion action or communication so that there's understanding. Because I find when there's some level of understanding, there's some level of consciousness and awareness, which, as you now have heard me say, I equate with not only grace, but also we could call it empowerment and really living the loving in that conscious awareness. But that's what we're doing here. That's why we talk about it. Even speaking about it, yes, words can be, can be of the mind, but they can also be a wonderful vehicle for that action of grace to move in and around and through our consciousness to help in that process of awakening and becoming conscious once again, which is what we're attempting to do in meditation. I love it when everybody's focused like this. You aware of that peace when you're focused? This is like open-eyed meditation. And that's the action that a lot of people have referred to the ages is that grace that's extended through the teacher. But all we're doing is focusing and allowing that movement of grace or loving to be received. And that's the same thing we're doing in meditation. So out here is like an outer reflection of what we're doing inside. I just like to say that sometimes because most of us are aware of that at this point, but once in a while it's always nice to have a reminder because again, when we acknowledge, we take ownership, we start to accept that which is being extended, that offering from spirit, that action of grace. We have to accept it. We have to receive, and in that, then it can do what it does, which is wake us up. Return us back to that original place of innocence. But gosh, being a victim is so fun. It feels so good. 
I make the jokes, but why do we keep doing it if it's not so fun and feels so good? Why do we keep being the victim? I know some pretty good victims who've learned it well to get a lot of things of what they want. Unfortunately, the way it's done, it's kind of painful for them, but everybody else around. But just like everything in this world, we often will go to the extremes to fulfill the lesson and bring ourselves conscious of what we're doing. Usually, we don't become real conscious until we're in a lot of pain because that pain makes us really conscious and aware. Whether it's being a victim or whether it's being fully awake and in that action of grace and loving. Either way. That's why you hear Jim and I all the time say, just pay attention. Just pay attention. So to return from that place of sin to innocence or victimization to awakefulness, the simple action of forgiveness often is the magic medicine, as I said earlier. But what is forgiveness but really an action we can do within ourselves to release whatever that we've been caught up in or attached to so that we can now turn around. Another word is repentance. You guys remember that over the years? We talked about sin is turning away from and repentance is turning back towards. So forgiveness is another way of releasing that which we focused away from God and into and now letting go of that to turn back towards God. That's really what we're doing in forgiveness. And listen, I know we're talking about it in different ways, but sometimes just hearing something a little differently is all we need to unhook. And that's the point of it. doesn't matter how. What matters is that we do. And as you hear us say, sure, you can forgive others and forgive situations in the world, circumstances, events. But eventually we want to come to the place where we truly forgive ourselves. Because we're the ones who created it to begin with. And this is why I go back to that starting point in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve in the story, inviting into the apple. Because we actually made a choice. We're offered. Not every soul chose to bite that apple. But we that are here did. But was that really a sin? Was it something to be ashamed or guilty of? Or was it simply a metaphor for choosing to come into this aspect of God's creation we call time and space so that we can have experience? Well, maybe it's time we start redefining all this in ourselves to see it really more as that spiritual journey, one of grace and loving rather than one of sin and victimization. That's what the world would want us to believe because as we believe it, remember the movie last night, it was all about believe. Do you believe? Yeah, that which we believe is what we're giving our power to to give it life. So if we believe and give our power to the sin, the victimization, we feed it. It becomes our living experience. I'm not going to say living reality. It's not reality. It's illusion, but it certainly feels like reality. But eventually we want to 
acknowledge what we're doing, what we've chosen into, how we've gotten hooked. That's where the learning is. That's what we're doing here is the learning and fulfilling the lessons here. We've got to go into the muck and the mire and get ourselves all caught up in it to have the experience. The learning's not really fulfilled until we start the journey back. We create it all coming into this creation. We want to look at it from above and below. So in the beginning we jump and we fall. We're fallen ones. And in that journey down here and all that we've created, we're building, creating, having all of our experience coming into this creation. But then at some point when we're ready to turn around and now fulfill to learn from that which we've created, to fulfill the karma, we're going to turn around and basically just walk right on back through all we created. We're just backtracking. But the challenge is when we're backtracking, we think we're fucking it up. Literally, we think we're messing everything up and doing it all wrong because now, going back towards God, rather than seeing the grace of God, we're sitting there and seeing all the muck and the mire that we created on the way down. That's why we feel like a big turd, because that's what it was like coming into all the shit. Of course, I've got to always weave that in, especially where I brought it yesterday. Start cleaning the mess up. That's how it feels. That's why we have those references, all the potty humor and crudeness, because it stinks and really is kind of messy, a lot of it. Not all of it, a lot of it. But as we really begin to clean things up, when we learn the lessons, when we fulfill the karma. Well, then we start to see all the blessings in there. And we have the glimpses of that inner light and hear the inner sound. And we begin to really experience God's grace as we're moving back towards the Creator. But the first Creator of all this is us, ourselves. That's why we have to go in and up and come back and meet the Creator that we are in our journey back towards the Creator that created us. I always call it the Texas two-step. Now that I'm in Texas, first we wake up and know thyself, thy soul. And then when we do that, then the soul begins to now begin yet the greater journey of waking up and knowing God. That's why a lot of this, in the hardest, longest part, is all that work of coming back to ourselves and why we spend so much time on self-love and self-acceptance and self-forgiveness. Because that's the part where we're cleaning up the messes and learning all the lessons to fulfill our journey of learning to be a co-creator made in the likeness of God. We're learning to be creators. That's why we talk about taking responsibility for our thoughts and feelings, actions, and reactions because those are our creation. And so as we're going back towards God, we're fulfilling all of that and learning from all of our thoughts, feelings, actions, and reactions to fulfill it all. And in that, we get to know ourselves. We know ourselves through all of our expressions. Every time we get too caught up in our expression, though, then we, in a sense, begin to once again turn away and get caught up. Don't we do that? Don't we get excited? It was so funny, even at lunchtime, some of the people all sitting around, we talked about, oh, wouldn't it be great to have our own facility, retreat center, or a place to do all this? And everybody gets excited and wants to talk all at once. 
And then as we start moving more and more back inside and we had conversation about the mind and its chatter. And then as we rise above the mind, even in our conversation, is we're even getting above the mind in our conversation. Did you notice how it started getting still? And then all of a sudden at some point, nobody's talking. Everybody just <laughs> trying to talk all at once and then nobody was talking all at once. And then there's peace and stillness. Isn't that funny how it works? We are loving and creative. And when we talk about things in the world, there's our loving and creativity and expression. And it's wonderful to have our enthusiasm. And we do. But I brought up the lunch conversation. That's fun. I love that stuff. And then it's also wonderful when it begins to now shift and turn back inside and rise above, and then it gets still again. Well, it's not so exciting anymore. It's so peaceful and quiet. That's boring. That's how easy it is to just focus back in the world and how easy it is just to turn back into the peacefulness. And that's what we're doing all the time. If you understand it, it's like breathing in and breathing out. We need to do both. We have to come back to ourselves, the in-breath, out-breath. So we create, and so then we return the creation back to ourselves. If you understand the simplicity of that breath and that movement of spirit and its creativity is just like that. You can have the joy and enthusiasm of your creativity, but you can also have the wonderful peace and fulfillment of that in-breath where we're now we let go of that outer expression and return back to that inner stillness, to the Creator that we are, from which all the expression comes. And so this inward journey we're embarking upon here in ILM and this action of meditation is that action of return, back to the place of peace and stillness, to the Creator, who we are as a Creator, as I said first, and then the second step, well, first that first step, that's the simplicity in why I'm talking about this now. But that first step is the most challenging part. Because I don't know why we do it, what the setup is. I give my good old man Lucifer maybe some credit here. We always have such a dang negative point of view of all of our creation in this world. What the hell's with that? Why do we judge our creations? So what if it's shitty? Pretty flowers grow out of that stuff. Right? Needs fertilizer. But yet here we are judging our, our creations. And really we're judging the one who created it. Don't worry, I didn't forget about when I talked about forgiveness. I get around to it eventually. That's why forgiveness is so important here. Because we get excited about what we're creating, but haven't you noticed somewhere along the line, once you've created it, then it's done, you feel complete, fulfilled, then maybe even you know depressed, because now it's done, and what are you going to do? Your creative flow is done. And then it starts backing up on you, and then you're like, did I do something wrong? Why do I feel this way? Why am I getting depressed now? Wow, I really thought this was wonderful. Why is it not so wonderful now? Oh man, it's crap. Oh my God, look at it. I did a terrible job creating this. That's a pile of shit. And there we go, starting judging the heck out of our own creation. 
And then, of course, that energy, well, guess what? We are responsible and we will be held accountable. Thank you, Lucifer. But that's part of the learning if you understand it. Because in that accountability, then we're learning from that, well, our judgments of our creation have to come back to us as well as the creation itself. And so what happens? Well, eventually that judgment energy we put out comes back on us. And then what do we do? We begin to judge ourselves for even making judgments. The double whammy. First the creation we did like, oh my God, I created more karma. Then we go, damn it. Not only that, the karma sucks that I created. There's a double whammy. So now we judge and judge and judge. It's all got to come back to us. You know, the whole thing of be careful what you wish for, be careful what you say, just frickin' be careful. Can I just stop? Please make it stop. It doesn't stop. All we can do is direct that creative flow in the direction we choose. It doesn't stop. And any time, have you noticed, whenever you try to stop that loving creative flow, it backs up on you and then it gets worse. Then you judge the shit out of yourself for stopping that flow and it backs up and you get frustrated it makes it even harder and harder well that's how it is it just keeps piling up until we can't take it anymore well that's the good news eventually we can't take it anymore and that's usually when we now course correct or start the process of turning around once you hit the bottom of the barrel oh yeah there's more to go there's something underneath that barrel you go, that's just the bottom of the barrel, right? And you go, how worse could it get? Well, let's find out. <laughs> and so we do. Just pile some more judgment on. This is how much worse it can get. Until eventually we begin to see what we're doing to ourselves, let alone others. And so begins now the process of self-help, self-forgiveness, self-acceptance, self-love. And that's it. So all we have to do is begin now putting our energies, our loving creativity in these other actions and so begins the process of return, of healing, of wholeness, of completion, of learning, of revelation. And it's as simple as love, accept, forgive. I talk a lot more about loving and acceptance because I know that's the primary action. Really, loving is the action. Acceptance, forgiveness, and all these other qualities are just other expressions of loving, other qualities of God. But that action of forgiveness is a very powerful one, but maybe it's nice to take a little bit of time with once in a while, especially the part where we're forgiving ourselves, the one who have created it all, and the ones who have victimized ourselves with all that we've created. An act of self-forgiveness is truly an action of self-loving. So yeah, go ahead and forgive what you've created. Go ahead and forgive your judgments on your creations. But please remember at some point to also forgive you, the creator of it. Forgive yourself for judging your creations. Forgive yourself for judging yourself. Forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. 
There really is healing. There really is an answer. There really is a way to not be the victim anymore. There really is innocence. Forgiveness really does heal that original sin. But we know what that means now. Just turning away. Forgiveness really is that action of turning around and now redirecting our loving creativity back to ourselves. That's it. Just back to ourselves. To the God essence we are. And if we do that, that'll lift us. That'll lift us. And as we wake up and know ourselves and set ourselves free from all the judgments and those creations we become attached to. Again, like I shared yesterday, is it that we're detaching? Or is it really that we're simply now bringing back that which we've created? The loving and acceptance is bringing it back So we're not detaching and getting rid of. We're actually bringing back and fulfilling and bringing into union, communion in action. Remember that. Because all the things that we created on the way down, well, on the way back as we trace our footsteps, we backtrack, and we come up against the good and the bad that we've created, we have to really accept all that we created, including the judgments and fears as well as the thoughts and the feelings and actions and reactions, all of it. So the sooner you're willing to do that, the faster this journey of soul liberation will unfold. The more you prolong and resist and argue and make excuses, all the more you get to be the victim and prolong it a little while longer until you've had enough of that. And that's all right too, because all along we're learning, remember. It's all about the learning here. And truly, when we are ready, we always will come to that place of forgiveness and then begin to love and accept all of our creation. And then, of course, well, what happens eventually? Well, all that we've put out and we're now loving, 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 and it's all back to us when there's nothing more to love, what do we do? Well, you're either going to create more karma or more stuff clean up, or you're going to let that love and keep coming fully into yourself. And there's the real fulfillment of self-love. And that's also called soul realization, where you wake up in the soul realm and meet your own soul and know the truth. That's the end of the hardest part of the journey. That's the part we call soul liberation. And this action of initiation in the sacred name is to bring you back into yourself, into your true home, and into your soul. Once that's done, we wash our hands of you, kick you out. <laughs> I mean, kick you in, because you're already in. You're back. It's really celebration time. It's the whole story of the prodigal son. It's the return. And so it's the end of a great journey through time and space in this tree of knowledge of good and evil. But it's also now an amazing new beginning. A new beginning. Well, first you probably want a little rest 
after walking through hell, literally. Funny thing is, when you wake up in the soul realm, like the first night, remember? Where I was sitting there even really tired and struggling, and then the energy comes in, and I talked about how dynamic and creative and energetic. That loving creativity is the vitality. It is life itself. When you return to the soul realm, there's no rest needed because there's no such thing as tiredness. It's an illusion in this world. It's like light and dark, day and night, tired and energized. In spirit, it's only energized. It's all day. It sounds tiring here, right? Oh my God, and you're not in the soul realm in spirit. So it's the beginning. Really, it's not a true beginning, but when you arrive there, it's like a new beginning because you've been there all along. But when you arrive consciously from where you've been here in this creation, it is a new beginning. And that new beginning, then is now the journey of the soul and its journey home truly into God. First you come back to yourself. Know thyself. And when that's fulfilled, then that journey, the soul automatically will begin to look to its Creator. It already is in truth. Again, it's just a process of where we're now choosing to direct our loving creativity. But as we follow it into ourselves, I've often said it's right in the very center of the center of the center. And as you keep going into the center, it'll take you into your own soul and then it'll keep taking you now into the very center of God or what we would call the heart of God. You just, it's all the same pathway. It's one pathway, one loving, one straight and narrow, one spirit. But it's in the very center. I love that in the movie last night. What is your center? Fun! Jack Frost must be my brother. In truth, we all have the same center, and that is loving. But yeah, in that loving... There's multiple expressions or qualities of that. And that's where it is fun to see our own unique qualities. And that's a nice acknowledgement. That's part of getting to know thyself. Is what is your center that's unique to you? That's that soul quality, if you will, that is that expression of God. And in a sense, you could call it fulfilling your purpose. People ask, what's my purpose in life? It's not an outer one. It's an inner one. The true purpose is to wake up really into your own divinity. And all that comes clear. It's revealed. It's awakened. We live it more fully as we wake up into it. That's all we're doing here. But eventually we rise up beyond even our own unique qualities or expressions of the God that we are and back into the one God that is and that's where it's truly all the same and we are the same. Just loving. So boring. Just loving. We're all just loving. But boy, I'll tell you what. When you really wake up and merge back into that just loving, you don't care about all the unique expressions and qualities and you want to personalize and feel special and wonder what your purpose is. All that just drops away. There's no purpose there's no expression. There's no expression. Everything we see, everything we hear, everything we feel and taste and smell, everything we experience and know is all an expression. 
We're talking about the journey back to the Creator from which all expression came out of. When you really return back into God directly, there is no creation. There is no expression. I'm saying this because it's important to realize as I started out, yes, it's great to be loving and creative and express all that, but please realize at some point your creative expression is also your very distraction that holds you back from really waking up fully into that oneness with God. But at some point, you want to fulfill the expression. Bring it back. Love it all. Love it all. Because in the loving, it brings it all back and into union. It dissolves and lets go all the illusion so that the loving you created it with is returned to you so that you're whole and complete. You can go back now, whole and complete in the Spirit. And then as you do, then in that, God can now love you back into itself, whole and complete. Because truly all that God created, in that movement of loving, God is having experience. Because in truth, we are God in expression. And as we, that is the God in expression, is fulfilling its experience, well then God calls that part of itself back and fulfills itself. And that's the journey we're on here. That greater journey, not only returning back into the soul realm, into the realization of the divine spark of God that we are and were created to be, but then the return of that spark back into the beingness itself. You think the creation is amazing? Wait till you go back into the Creator where there's no creation, no expression. There's nothing to experience. All there is is true beingness that is all light and sound and loving. That's how it all came to be. That's the ultimate fulfillment. That's the ultimate fulfillment. And forgiveness helps. Acceptance helps. Loving helps. The sacred name helps. Meditation helps. Paying attention. Becoming more aware. Becoming more conscious. Those are all, all there to support that one action.